Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. There's a million distractions that demand my attention, but I just need to pause and take time for reflection. This ain't about rules or completing a checklist. I'm learning. The way that I exit determines my entrance. There ain't no outline or formula. This is a different form of love. I take my pains, fears, and doubts, and I pass them to the Lord above. Because in all situations, I want to seek Him first and listen to a still, small voice of whispering words. I want to call out to heaven to invade this earth. So I just fall on my knees. I got to pray first. Yeah, yeah. Pray first. 2019. Here we are. Oh, I was waiting for the the ending. Oh, man, my bad. It's got this like the ending. You remember when people used to have a 96 Grand Am with bass? They still do. You know, listen to ICP. <laughs> Yo, aren't you glad you came to church today? 11.30 if you see it. <laughs> hey, you get to sleep in and you get more jokes. That's how it works. Um, that was a good video. Stevie, thanks for writing that. Every word was precise. Yeah, give it up for Stevie for writing that. Woo, woo. Today we're talking about a topic that's misunderstood, hard to practice, and easy to give up on. Praying. But if we're going to start out this year right, We have to calibrate, get in line with the cornerstone because first things have to be first. If you're a note taker, I've titled this first things first, dash God. First things first, God. To every single to-do list, God. Who owns your house, God? Who owns your life, God? Who owns your children, God? Who owns your future, God? And because of our experiences, we could be discouraged because we think, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Well, I want to start with a story when God did answer a prayer. And it's powerful because a lot of times when we hear prayer, it's always with a heroic moment. And so let me share with a heroic moment real quick. 2005, CD release party, Visions Christian Nightclub. Friday night, it's going down. CDs are supposed to be coming. They're traveling UPS from Utah. I look on the tracking number because they'll arrive that day so we can get them ready. Because artists, we waited to the last minute. Sorry. And I'm sure all artists aren't that way. But my experience has been that CDs show up on the day of. And I got the horrible news Package delay due to a severe winter storm. Oh, my goodness. I call UPS. Lady's like, yep, package delay. No problem, Mr. Vreeland. You'll get that Tuesday. Tuesday? I have a CD release. I start giving her the whole spiel. She goes, listen, sir, if you brought the National Guard, you're not getting your CDs. I was wow. I was like, call up the phone. So mad. It's probably why I don't ship UPS anymore, but I should because there's a good ending to the story. FedEx, um, sorry. Oh, that's where you work, right? 
Stop. Stop. Um, they got ups. UPS, ups. <laughs> okay. So I call my friend, and I say, bro, the CDs aren't going to be here for the CD release party. What do we do? He goes, okay, that's easy. We get an IOU ticket sticker. We give everybody an IOU. They come to the door. They get their IOU ticket, and everything will be fine. <sighs> Something in me, righteous anger arose. I said, I don't want a plan B right now. I want plan A. Let's pray. We prayed. We're going to believe God that somehow we're going to get the CDs. And then instantly we end the prayer. And he's like, okay, so I'll get the cards and we'll go to plan B. And I was like, no, no plan B in this moment. Went in the bathroom. I worked at the car lot at the time. I started praying, God, make a way. I called every UPS number I could think of. Finally, this one person gave me a number to a warehouse and said, do not tell them where you got this number. Guy picks up the phone. No joke. Hello. I'm like, uh, sir, da, da, da. who's this? To go through the story. How'd you get this number? That doesn't matter. And I just went for it. I said, look, I'm a Christian rapper. We got this thing tonight. And, da, da, da. and, he, and he, by the end of it, I was just, I said, please, if there's anything you can do, you're asking me to unload a whole semi for your six boxes of a thousand CDs? Yes, absolutely. And we'll drive there. Four wheel drive because the snow was crazy. He says, I'll see what you can do. I'll do. Hung up. Just prayed, kept believing. Two hours later, hey, come pick up your package at UPS. It'll be ready for you at the front door. Because prayer does work, and it changes everything. But if we're all honest, though, too, a lot of times we prayed and we didn't get the result we wanted. In fact, often we don't get the answers we want. We get the answers we need. It doesn't always make sense when and how God answers, but it's always according to his will, and he's always looking to show up. So as we invite you into this journey to pray, we hope it's not just 21 days, but it sparks something, a passion in your life that reframes how you even see communication with the Father, with God, with, you, with God and the Father and you all the time. That when you don't get the answer you want, you don't get discouraged and just give up. Yes, prayer is a request, but it's communication. It's ultimately dependency, intimacy. Tim Keller talked about his prayer life didn't go to the next level until he got diagnosed with cancer. Now, I pray it doesn't take all of us to go through some type of tragic situation, but you'll never really want to pray, talk to God unless you need something. And it's not just Mayday prayer, okay? Mayday, God, get me out of this one, I'll serve you. I prayed that a couple times in jail. God, get me out of this one, I'll serve you. Get out, I was like, who cares, you know? I'm talking desperately needing him because you know, apart from him, you can do nothing good. Nothing. Psalm 127 illustrates this so perfectly. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Oh, anyone who's built anything, what a waste of time. We used to do cold calls, which is you show up at a business and you try to get a lead that will lead to a conversation appointment which will hopefully lead to a proposal which will lead to a sale but if the gatekeepers mean to you aka the secretary i would write on the business card i came up with this term called what w-o-t waste of time and i would write in salesforce the software waste of time what and then any salesman that came behind me could realize don't go there it is a waste of time apart from now a new gatekeeper. If we build, and if you've been a part of building something, oh, what a waste, what a what if God's not involved? 
Well, how do we know if God's involved? First things first, God. Does he even want us to build? How does he want us to build? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Any third shift people here? Huh, who wants to stay awake in vain? Nobody. Is it vain that you rise early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil? Just that grind, oh, gear on gear with just no oil. Just gear on, ugh, grind. But he, for he gives to his beloved sheep. God gives differently. Because when God builds, it's not in vain. When God watches over the city and our home and our church and our families, it's not in vain. And then when we go to work, our toil is not wasted. It's actually used. It's multiplied. It's seed. It's invested. It's beautiful. First things first, God. Because when we are in his lane, it is never in vain. Vain simply means this, useless. What's this? Useless. This is a great time to say there's some things in your house for 2019. You want to be the best you, new year, new you. Throw away some things that are absolutely useless. <laughs> What's this? Useless. Why is it cluttering my life? It's useless. And sometimes we need an outside kind of nudge, somebody to come in. I'm grateful for my friend Nate. He comes down in, the, uh, in my house in the basement one time, and he, and he looks at somebody and says, why is this not done? It wasn't done four years ago. I know, I haven't found anyone to do it. He goes, it'll take you 20 minutes. Get it done. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not the person to Find somebody who will get it done. That's micro stress, bro. That'll bother you. Micro stress will kill us, bro. I said, dude, thanks for being a friend. You're right. Pick up the phone. Get that done. No more micro stress in that area. Micro stress will compound and conflict and suffocate. Here's what the opposite of prayer is. You know what opposite of prayer is? Suffocation suffocation you can't breathe the opposite of prayer is suffocation you're suffocated all the time it's <gasps> so hard praying gives perspective and it allows us to breathe that way our stuff's not useless right so first things first it's a cool video here that helps us illustrate putting god first there's a well-known story about a university professor who wanted to make a point about how we make the most of our time the professor stood before his class with some items in front of him. When the class began, without speaking, he picked up a large empty jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed that it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agree that it was indeed full this time. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open areas of the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. The rocks are the truly important things, such as family, health and relationships. If all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningful. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. The sand signifies the remaining small stuff and material possessions. If you were to put sand into the jar first, there is no room for the rocks or the pebbles. The same can be applied to your lives. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are truly important. 
Pay attention to the things in life that are critical to your happiness and well-being. Take time to look after your health, play with your children, go for a run, write a letter to your grandmother. There will always be time to go to work, clean the house or watch TV. Take care of the rocks first. The things that really matter set your priorities. The rest is just pebbles and sand. First things first, got to put the rocks in in order to get the most, all the uh, ingredients in. God is the only rock, the cornerstone. We build everything. We level, we measure. Nothing else works apart from God. There was this moment in the Old Testament where they built the Tower of Babel, and it's everything trying to build to God. I think this is where we're still at today. We're trying to build towers or businesses, uh, households, without including God first. We really want to replace God. We love the attention that's only reserved for him. We love when we get to get this God complex. Um, But first things first, it's about God Reserved for him alone. So how do we connect with this constant? Because God is the constant. You and me, we change. But he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. So since he's the constant, what do we do? We pray first and we fast. We deny ourselves. The quickest way to connect with the constant is to prioritize God. And we do this by praying and fasting We can do this other ways, reading scripture, absolutely. But coupled with prayer and fasting, it's multiplication. It does unique things. There's moments when I didn't pray and I didn't prioritize. Those relationships led to death. Those friendships, death. Money deals, tried to make money. I remember trading stocks for a minute. I remember trading money currency because it was under the umbrella that you're going to get rich and you can pay for ministry. Death wasn't for me. I was just supposed to love people, and then funds would follow accordingly. It may sound silly. You could call us stupid, but we're called, and God shows up every time. There was times when we, I didn't pray first, and I remember getting alone and then dealing with that later. Some people are like, well, God blessed me with this car. You sure it wasn't laugh cue at 8.99? You know what I mean? <laughs> Which one? I mean, maybe God, like... I know, like, God might have led you to it and it might have sound fun, but we have to have first things first. Anyone who's ever put together an Ikea, uh, Ikea anything, you better read the instructions. That thing shows up, looks incredible on the pictures, shows up, there's pieces everywhere. But I had that same experience on a Target dresser, $59, dark wood, I thought, shows up, it's cardboard. We put it together three and a half hours later. I hate this dresser. We were so mad. I had to take it down. I didn't. I'm the guy. I don't need the directions. We get to the end. We needed the directions. How many times in our life? Yeah, it's assumed. I'm with God. Specifically, if you know Jesus, you've known him for a while, we make this mistake. Yeah, God's blessing this. Really? Did you ask him? Well, I, I did it, and then I asked him, what, what? Who's God? So he's following you? Is he the genie? No, he's not. We have to read the instructions first. Otherwise, it would be like we like each um, When we do it right, it's like we like each other, we love each other, we have a baby. When you do it, you know, opposite way, well, we had sex. We don't even know if we uh, like each other. Well, we got a baby now, and maybe we'll learn about each other, and then eventually we'll love each other. That's what happens when it's not first things first. 
It's that bad. We do something and say, God, please just bless it. So here's where we're going. The next 21 days, praying and fasting. Um, but I think there's more to unpack than to pack for some of us. I would dare venture that almost everyone in the room has some experience with prayer. You've been around someone who's prayed at some point, and you start to think that that's the only way to pray. Because subconsciously, our brains go back to an experience or a moment. That's why when you hear a song, you go back to a place, a feeling, and it takes you right there. And when you say prayer, somebody can go back to a feeling, a place, and it takes you right there. And if you don't have favorable experiences, well, then why in the world would you ever want to pray? Fair? Let's unpack to have favorable experiences. We don't pray just to want something, and we don't have to pray. We're not the all about me prayer people. We're not just the change others, help them, help them. Is there anything wrong with you? Nope, help them, help them. We're not the holy ninja prayer warriors where we say, art thou holy God from the holy hill of the seventh tier of heaven, blessing for, where do you hear these words? And we're not this type of prayer people. If it doesn't work, we're just going to give up on God. So then what is prayer? Well, first things first, Jesus is praying for you all the time. Romans 8.34 says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand, a position of victory, who is indeed interceding for us. Oh, that's good. All the time, all the time, all the time. Hebrews 7.25, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. God always lives to intercede, to pray, to communicate, to request your best interest at hand all the time. He's always open, never closed, He never misses a meeting, shows up to counsel, give us peace and healing and direction and perspective. I had a tough moment this week, and I asked God, what's going on? I'm disciplining you. I'm pruning you. That way you can develop more, because I prune those whom I love. This This isn't good. This just feels bad. No, don't lean from this. The pain is good. It's going to produce something beautiful. That only comes through prayer and perspective. Otherwise, I'm going to say, well, I'm just going to go to what feels good. How many have made bad decisions on what feels good? I don't feel like praying. I feel like going to the club. I feel, whoa, I feel, I'm bored tonight. I feel, I feel. I've lived so much of my life in feelings. Is anyone done with your feelings? Feelings suffocate. Truth leaves us. It, 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 It opens up. My kids... And I'm convicted by this, but sometimes they'll come up and say, Dad, 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 Dad. And what they got to do is they got to grab my face. They say, Dad. I'm like, dude, who's grabbing my face? What in the world? It's like a three-year-old about to get lit, right? Um, And here's the point. Sometimes I'm not listening where they do have to grab my face to get their attention. But it's the opposite with God. He's always saying, Jerome, 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 Jerome. And then every once in a while, you know what he'll do? Grab my face. Look here, boy. We're going somewhere good. Do you know every time he corrects, it's always to build you up, never tear you down. So a good way to, 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 to know what, what does prayer feel like, well, it's, it's not condemning. It's, def, it's sometimes, many times convicting, but it's always to build you up. 
Jesus is never closed and he's always on time. So who's the best teacher to teach us on prayer then? Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Best teacher to teach us on prayer is Jesus. So let's throw everything out the door and let's go right to what he says in Matthew 6 chapter or Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Platt puts it this way, the primary purpose of prayer is not to get something but to know someone. Changes our prayer life, doesn't it? Well, we get the list. Here's all the things I want, God. God, I want to know your qualities and your attributes. I think if there was a a 3D Bible nowadays with interactive that you could click on and and Jesus put some videos in for the commentary. I think he would include this video, like the hypocrites, just to kind of illustrate the point a little bit further. He would say, check this video out. There. Do you still say grace before you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? If you answered yes, then I've got a product that's going to revolutionize the way you do food. Pre-blessed yes. food. That's right. Pre-blessed food. We pray for it so you don't have to. This is the 21st century, folks. We can sell anything. Around the clock, we've got thousands of employees buying brand name foods, praying over them, and then putting them back on the shelves of your local grocery store with our official sticker of approval. We've got breakfast cereal. Pre-blessed. Lunch meat. Pre-blessed. TV dinners. Double pre-blessed. And if you don't want a white guy praying over your food, we've got that too. Please, Lord, bless <laughs> these eggs, Father. Bless the chicken that had these eggs, Father. Just listen to how pre-blessed food changed these people's lives. Since I switched to pre-blessed food, ain't nothing changed. We've always prayed religiously before eating, but we've been so busy with work and watching TV. Pre-blessed food hasn't only saved us time, it saved our souls. But that's not all. No, 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 that's not all. Inside every package of pre-blessed food are two tickets to heaven. Share them with your friends and family to make sure they go upstairs when they fall downstairs. So visit your local grocery store today and look for our official sticker of approval. And the next time someone asks you to bless the food, you say, it's unbeen blessed. Double pre-blessed. That's good, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh. When we pray, how do we pray? Is it two words I want to help us unpack is to get rid of the elusive and abusive prayer mindset. Elusive meaning difficult to understand, catch, or even achieve. And this is often built with certain styles of prayer. You're not praying right. And if we're not careful, what we do is we kind of put our template of prayer on somebody else. And everyone's got to find their unique voice and everybody's got to find their voice. So there's a corporate team voice. There's an individual voice. And God's okay with it all. There's many different techniques we learn in scripture. But most importantly, he's interested in communicating with you all the time. But he wants to meet with us at specific times. He loves that. He shows up for the date and the location, and he's there. There's also moments of prayer that is felt abusive even, where there's been bad theology, study of God, 
exercised in a moment where you felt less than? That's difficult. Someone prays for you and you feel more discouraged? It should never happen. Prayer is for everyone. Everyone can learn. Everyone can be involved. And it's always simple. There's no prayer wall that we got to get over in the hurdle. The hurdle has already been ripped down. It's been broken. The curtain's been torn. And we can have direct access. Because there is simply not elusiveness, not abusiveness, but there is an invitation from God all the time. All the time. And that invitation does not come with intimidation Because Hebrews 10 tells us that when we put our trust in Jesus, look, brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, what do I wear to the party? I'm invited. Why? I come in by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. And Ephesians 3 puts it this way, in whom we have boldness, and access with confidence through our faith in him, Jesus. Confidence and boldness. That doesn't sound elusive or abusive. That doesn't sound confusing. We can all be involved. So Jesus goes on to teach us more about prayer. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. I think God's okay if sometimes we enter the prayer closet. I don't even know what to pray, God, but I need you. It's like groanings from the depths of your soul. God, teach me, lead me. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So good, so good. So good. That our dad knows what we need before we ask. Notice it doesn't say what we want before we ask. I want it to be pre-blessed food all the time. I want this relationship to be pre-blessed. He'll get saved later. It's fine. What? Are you sure? We're building our houses on sinking sand sometimes, aren't we? But pray like this. It gets so simple. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That was all added later and not in this particular text. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I love that the reminder of even teaches us how to pray and then the reminder, hey, be careful because how you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. So in prayer, you're always repenting and you're forgiving. It's always happened. It's an our thing. Notice it doesn't say my Father. Well, how could he say in private, I'm alone, God sees me, but then our Father. Because even when we pray in private, we're still connected to a family globally, all the time. In Peter, it says that, brothers, remember those that are enduring hardships and suffering and that are dealing with struggles all across the world. And I remember reading that, thinking, oh, I'm not alone. 
Yeah, yeah, because I have a remnant of people that are suffering, that are broken, and you're not the only one. So don't be confused. You're not the only one. That's actually really good news. So even when you're alone and all those struggles, you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. We have a father, we have a family, and we get to look up at him. Simply, the best way to start with prayer as we start with God is to understand that we can enter in as a child of God and just come and be like, I'm here. What'd you bring? Nothing. What do you want to do? I just want to talk about how great you are. I just want to look up at how great you are. Because the best thing for our spirit and our soul that we're not suffocated is to make much of God. Hallowed be your name. Because what happens is we start to recognize our problems aren't as big as our king. Our king is beautiful. And then secondly, okay, so when we pray, uh, pray simple. And I have a confession too. Maybe I'm not as spiritual as you or our family isn't. Sometimes I get intimidated by hearing about other, other people's prayer life with their family. And uh, when I have a prayer life, I'm praying all the time. I'm not praying how you might pray all the time. Fair? And, I might, and you might not be praying how I pray all the time. I'm praying all the time, talking to God everywhere. There is formal times when it's good to allot time. But in our family time, here's our prayer. I'm going to give it to you. It's, 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 it's not that spiritual. It's just hold hands and we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, king, from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Because um, we don't always know what to pray, so we just simply pray what Jesus said to pray. So maybe that's not spiritual enough for some people, but I think it's good. It's a good place to start. I give you that freedom. And then out of that, what you can then elaborate, ooh, God, we make much of you. You're glorious. God, your kingdom's perfect. You have healing there. Heal our family. Give us, provide for us in our job, and you start to then exercise as you practice. There's a manual in the hallway that Church of the Highlands wrote. gives you context on how to pray first. It's also in the app to give you a guide and direction. But ultimately, where we're trying to lead you is this, not a checklist, not someone else's armor, but you to find your prayer voice because if you just come and borrow someone else's prayer voice all the time, it's a waste of time. It's a what? What? It's for you to go home when you're struggling and you to close your door and just talk to your father. That's what's powerful. And another great way to do that is to couple it with fasting. And Jesus says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That doesn't mean, what are you doing today? Well, I'm fasting, man. I can't eat that. It's been really hard. Yeah, yeah. What? That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He will. He will. But don't focus on the reward, focus on the father. And as you focus on the father, and any parent knows this, if the kid shows how much they love you, you are way more prone to get them stuff. I'm not saying God works exactly like that, but that's probably a good place to start. God, I love you. I'm excited about you. By the way, I would like that car. Okay. Keep bringing it to him, bringing it to him, and he'll calibrate you. 
Fasting simply means to temporarily give up something and give your full attention to God. Primarily, we learn that is giving up food. Food. Why would you give up food? Because as you disconnect fast from the world, whatever the world, even our bellies, we connect fast to a new source of power, God. Disconnect from that power source, and we connect. Our spirit comes alive. But be careful when you fast, because junk will come to the surface real quick. You're going to be irritated. You're going to spiritually face some attacks. Yeah, it's going to get live. But we do need to disconnect. We have to. Too much is riding on it. Even the world's getting this nowadays. The world is into... When I say the world, I'm meaning people that specifically aren't following Jesus, but I also am not distinguishing that they can't get saved. I'm saying, no, everyone's going to, like, we're trying to bring everyone in. And so specifically, though, Satan, the spirit of the Antichrist, trying to lead you astray to his kingdom world, okay? So not people. I think sometimes persons of the world, man, they're a child and image bearer of God. Let's try to bring them close. But the kingdom of darkness is very real and at work even through people, Okay, so we disconnect from people sometimes. We're not saying no to the person. We're saying no to the kingdom influence in that area. Fasting in the world, though, is now profitable. Heals diseases, makes you look fit, detox things, gives you a brain clarity. In fact, I saw someone at the gym the other day. I was like, bro, you're looking shredded. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard of fasting? I was, he said, yeah, bro, I heard of fasting. He goes, yeah, man, I'm doing a three-day water every three months. It's incredible. I was like, bro, yeah, you look great, man. He's like, yeah. Well, coffee too, because I make sure I get coffee. I thought, oh, man, that's so cute. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> he goes, yeah, and then I, fa- then I fast, and when you run sprints, you feel incredible. It's like, that's neat. Here's the point. You can fast and just do stuff, but we need to fast, deny, and fill it with God. I've been on some fasts before and done everything to get done with the fast as quick as possible. Even today, okay? So today begins the fast. First, I haven't ate breakfast in like two months because I've been doing the intermittent fasting. You got eight-hour feasting window, two to ten. I've been trying to stay within that. Hasn't always worked, but I've been trying to, okay? Well, today I wake up, first day of fast, I'm like, I want breakfast. (laughs) Then there's been moments when I've just filled my fast up with TV. Just get it over with. It's not that, guys. Let's fill it with prayer. And it starts to speed up how we connect with God. So how do we fast? We can fast with food, water only. There's fruits and vegetables, which is known as the Daniel type. There could be a, a modified fast where somebody says, I'm cutting out sugar, I'm cutting out media. I would just ask you to ask God. Ask God. We're crazy enough to believe that God can speak to you. He doesn't just speak through the stage. He doesn't just speak through a microphone. He speaks to you, and he speaks through his word. And then make a list of all the junk you want to get out and make a list of all the God goals and then be on that relationship together. It'll be a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. First things first, God. Pray first and fast. Here's where we're at, 21 days. And what's the best way to kick this off? Remember what Jesus has done for us through communion. I want to call the team up to, we're going to take communion. And we're going to read uh, Acts chapter 2 as the team comes forward. Verse 42 through 47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, meaning they wanted to learn, 
and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread, communion, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Awe. The purpose of church, the purpose of gathering is that we would genuinely be in awe of an almighty God that would die for sinners like me and you. And we would learn about that over and over again. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Wow, what a great antidote. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing to the, the proceeds to all as they had need. Notice how this all started through teaching, collectively, in communion and praying. Yeah, wow. And then here they are now changing even how they'll spend money. And then day by day, they're attending church together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And if you remember part of my announcement for Open Gym, this is why we have this Christian complex with numbers. Because we love the day by day they're being saved. Well, how many people are getting saved in that? Stop. It always started with teaching, communion, and prayer. That's the bigger emphasis. Then out of that, as the Lord sees fit, he saves people. He's beautiful. He does his work. So prayer is not a duty. It's beauty. We're going to sing new wine. And as we take communion, do we got one for all the worship team? That'd be Okay, cool. Thank you. Pass that out. This little wafer at the top, it represents Jesus' body that's broken. If you aren't a follower of Jesus yet, right now can be your moment. I wouldn't take communion necessarily if you are because you heap judgment on yourself because you don't, you're practicing something you don't necessarily believe. But, but you have that opportunity to believe right now, which is simply, I'm a sinner, lost. I believe in the one true living God that he was sent into this world to die the death that I deserve, that I can have freedom and life eternal because he was buried and then he rose from the dead and he said, oh, come back. And I trust Jesus with my soul, not religion, but I trust Jesus with my soul. And as we remember this, 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 uh, his body that was broken for me and you, that's why we have this wafer. It symbolizes that. And then this juice represents, somebody was wishing it was wine. Someone's like, juice, man. I was hoping before we started the fast, we'd get red wine. But um, I'm kidding. I don't think anybody was really thinking that. Sometimes I just have jokes with myself. Um, it represents his blood that was shed so that I could be forgiven because we're all guilty. So we'll take the wafer on the top. You can pull the plastic. And as we hold the little wafer, my wife was here for the first service. She did this for me. There we go. And today, even as we uh, take this, this could be someone's moment where you're like, okay, God, I make you my Lord. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept your body that was broken for me and your blood that was shed. And for all of us that already know Jesus, I mean, for the rest of us that know Jesus, we remember, we never outgrow that position. The gospel that saved us is saving us right now. Let us take. And then this juice that represents 
the blood of Jesus. That not only we are forgiven, but that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Amen. Let us take. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.